welcome back to another episode of Church of the Geek. Sam, how are you doing tonight? I am doing very well tonight. You know, fall is finally here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the leaves are starting to turn, I noticed, uh, just over the past couple of days here in western Pennsylvania. We got some reds and some other kind of good stuff showing up. Good stuff. It's very good stuff. Very good stuff. I've heard um, it's supposed to be a really good year this year. For the yeah, leaves. I don't know. I don't know how people know that. Yeah. I mean, it'll be really good or it'll look like it's going to be good. And then we'll get a big, massive rainstorm and wind blowing and everything will be gone and, and we'll never see it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I did notice that the other day. I was driving through North Park and uh, I was like, oh, 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 there's color starting to show up on the on the leaves. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's looking it's looking good. Yeah, I was, temperatures are getting into nice areas too. Yeah, so. that's nice. Yeah, we dropped like twenty degrees in one day. <laughs> yeah, we did. It's pretty crazy. So, hey Sam, so uh, let me ask you this question. Hmm? Um, when you think back about you and your life, are you? A guy who plays it safe, or do you like to live on the edge? I'm a probably a pretty play it safe kind of guy. Uh-huh. Most uh-huh. of the time. And oh, most most of most the of the time. Mm. Yeah, every once in a while, you gotta kind of push push the push the boundaries a little bit. Yeah. So, um, can you think of a time you pushed the boundaries? Um. There was a time that I was camping and we had this like rope swing and I was swinging out from the rope swing and I let go too late and almost like smacked up, smacked off the rock. So that was kind of pushing the boundaries a bit. Ah. Um, and there was another time I pushed the speed of my tire tires a little bit too far and they kind of blew because they were cheap tires not that i was going like excessively fast they were cheap tires ah yeah and then there was you know we uh you and i kind of did a little crazy wild thing last night if we want to you know bring that up well i was gonna say um (laughs) did any of that reach the level of uh daredevilry that uh, we got into last night. That uh, no, not yeah. not in the least. I mean, that just <clears throat> um, that sealed it. I mean, I was I was a little bit shaky at the end. My hands, you know, I had a little tremor. Um, the adrenaline was pumping. I didn't sleep all night last night. I know. I did. I had to get some nice uh, nice tea and uh, curl up on in my couch and uh, turned on the debate, and that didn't help at all. So then I. Kind of, oh. <laughs> I kind of bit through my tongue. I think maybe. <laughs> well, that didn't help you small, fall asleep at all. Small, small seizure. No, um, but yeah, had to go go to my my happy place, and uh, yeah, kind of kind of chill for a bit because yeah, that was that was like really crazy last night. Living on the edge, man. Quite on the edge. Cue the Aerosmith, living on the edge. That's what we were doing last night. Um, I mean, whew, never has reclining, heated, cushioned seats felt so dangerous. I know. Because, folks, Sam and I went to the movie theater last night. And not just went, we stayed there. Right. We walked in and we got snacks and we sat in the seat and we watched a movie and we did not die. How how are you feeling, by the way? You feeling okay? I'm feeling fine. Okay. I mean, we'll know in a couple of days now, won't we? This is true. It's right. So we're we're only a day past it. Um, Corona Watch Day One, all good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, we went to the movie theater last night. Yeah, um, and, and you, I had gone before. Right. And that's why I kind of said, you know, it actually was better than I, you know, expected. And I wanted to get your kind of 
feedback from from it too because yeah it's kind of a worst case scenario you could think of for pandemics you know sit in a sit in a crowded theater breathing the same air as a lot of people for a long period of time right okay that being said we went on a tuesday night to a movie that wasn't really that high in demand i don't think mm-hmm. uh for mortals not for us legendary geeks yes but um and it was a tuesday night so we shared an entire movie theater with like four other people yeah it was quite nice this was the I mean, uh the, the cinemark in uh in mccandless township uh northern part of pittsburgh yeah and so i mean I didn't see anybody in front of me. I know right. there were at least two people behind us and us. And I, at the end, I thought maybe there was somebody else, but um, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty sparse though. Yeah. Not I mean, just in our theater. We like, no, I didn't see anybody. Oh yeah. In, in general, there was very few people there. I think, yeah. Tuesday nights in general are not, are not high demand. Um, but I think, you know, the the whole going back to the to the movies thing. And honestly, I mean, there's not a whole lot of draw to go back to the movies. I, there there's not a lot of new movies. I think what the only two, well, there were three new movies in there. It was it was Tenant and New Mutants, uh, which mm-hmm. we will discuss. And uh, yeah, I don't have even said which movie we saw. Yeah. We saw New Mutants. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. And one other one that I can't even remember what it is, but it's like, I don't know if it's like a Russell Crowe film or something like that. Um, but yeah, they've been playing a lot of um, older movies just to fill the screens and try and get some people in the seats. Right. Um, Empire Strikes Back. We're going to go see Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I took, uh, Spencer, my youngest to go see Jurassic Park in the theater a few, um, about a month ago. That was kind of my first foray back. And yeah, I, I was quite pleased. I mean, when, when we went, it was very, I think even it, when we went, um, it was like a Friday night. So it was kind of like your typical movie night, um, there still were not a whole lot of people in the theater. There were people in our row, but they were probably about five seats down from us. Um, and when you when you buy the seats online, when you click a seat that you want to buy, because this is like the reserve seating, um, it automatically X's off two seats to the left of you and two seats to the right of you. Yeah. So you have a little a little buffer area. So, you know, for two people, we had six seats. And so we could spread out, you know, really pretty well. And also the way the theater is designed, it's kind of that stadium seating with a wall in front of you so that, yeah, you can't even, you can't touch or see the person in front of you at all. You can't see or touch the person behind you at all. It's like, yeah, you would not even know that anyone was there unless they stood up. And yeah. yeah, And they, and they did a whole big thing about how they clean the theaters and how they have special personnel on staff now. Um, Yeah. Although you and I both know that, uh, the little video uh, before the movie talking about their precautions. Mm-hmm. That's like the Hollywood version of a real life movie. Yeah, I know. That's true. the ideal yeah. case that the guy getting paid minimum wage ain't doing all of that. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, someone might be conscientious enough to be doing it, but then again, you still got to wash your hands. Yes. <laughs> wash your hands. It's still a movie um, theater. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was pretty good. I don't know what, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to go back like on a weekend because I don't yeah. know what the, the scenario is. But. Yeah. I think last night was kind of the ideal situation because, 
yeah, we, you know, we got a, a, a quiet weeknight with a movie that was not in high demand and, you know, that really makes for a pretty quiet experience in terms of how many, you know, how many people and, and, and generally being able to do all the things you're supposed to do. Right. No, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, it was good. It was good. Um, I, I, but I would also say that this is not our recommendation for everybody to st- uh, storm back to the movies. Yes. Um, I know we be probably careful. ruined it for here it, then. What's that? We probably ruined it for here now because everyone's going, oh, the movie theaters, you know, great. So they're all going to come diving into the Cinemark North Hills now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All of our, all of our four listeners and no, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a run on the movie theater. No, it's, yeah, uh, it was good. It was fine. Uh, I didn't feel nearly bad at all. Plus, stripping out much of their concessions, yeah, you know, um, kept things streamlined through the concession area. You could get through there pretty quick. I still was able to get a bottle of water and some M and M's, and good. But um, yeah, had, definitely had to. You know, I I know that. Sometimes those lines back through that area are so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is odd to go in to the theater. That was my first impression when you know going in, and the concession stands are all basically closed, and there's not a whole lot of people like milling around or getting things or ordering food or getting beer, right. or pizza, stuff like that. Yeah. So it was it was a little it, it did feel odd i mean how how was that your impression uh that was the weirdest part just the way that the concession area was yeah but yeah it was it was really okay like all right definitely made it easy to get through quicker mm-hmm. so um yeah it was it was a good time to go it was uh and uh, actually, I'm glad. I was thinking about it. I'm glad we saw it uh, on the big screen. Yeah, um, I think that I think that helped. Um, we can go into like let's talk about the movie now. And I was thinking today, it's like when was the last time we did an actual movie review? Oh, it's been a while. Rise of Skywalker, I think, was the last. Oh yeah, oh, was gosh. the last one. Um, yeah, I think that's the way it rolls. But. Um, so just to, for everybody to, to set the, the new mutants, because I will admit this is not uh, this was a uh, gap in my uh, sort of comic uh, reading. Um, I knew that they were connected to the uh, the X universe, uh, but it was not um, it was not anything that I really knew any of the characters didn't know any of the stories, didn't know any of their powers, didn't know anything at all. Um, and I think that probably helped me mm. um, in some ways. It raised some other challenges other ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, and we'll get into that. But first off, I'm just going to say I liked it. It wasn't I, a perfect movie, but yeah, I liked it. It was not bad. I think there was a lot of... Well, and it's interesting, there was so much hype um, <clears throat> for this movie. I think it's got probably the hype has gone on for probably two years. Well, let me sit, let me tell you. Yeah. That, tell me how um, long the hype's been going on. So um, Anna Joy Taylor uh, or Anna Taylor Joy, who plays Ileana Rasputin in this movie uh, was rumored to have been cast as early as 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, the film, maybe even 2015, but the filming, uh, finished in July of 2017 and it was supposed to premiere in April, 2018. Mm. There were reshoots that were scheduled and then Disney stuck its big mouse ears into the middle of things and started a process of buying Fox. And so I think that helped delay it between the reshoots and the, and the purchase it's it's been it's been sitting on the shelves for two years, and when they finally are able to put it out, 
I think people are are so weary. Well, there was it was it was a joke on the internet of like every time you heard that the new mutants was coming was coming out, <laughs> there was this really because <laughs> you know we've been right. we've been saying that it's coming out and you know for the past two years, and then when it finally does come out, it's in the middle of you know COVID nineteen and. Even yesterday, like I posted on on Twitter that oh we went and saw New Mutants and sometimes it's like is that out? <laughs> and it's like and it's been out for a while, but it's it's just sort of you know the 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 trailers were never really able to catch people except for you know the few people online because even then it was like we're not sure when this is hitting the theater, so it's yeah. yeah. It's sort of the movie equivalent of uh, Half Life Three. That is true. That is very much true. It's coming out any time now. Yep. I'm gonna hold out hope for it's gonna it's gonna hit. No. Um well so it ends up that with that with a purchase of, of uh Fox by Disney, right? The movie rights revert back to uh Marvel. Uh and so this is the thirteenth and final installment of the uh of fox's x-men series mm-hmm. right so um and that's been a bumpy ride it has been a bumpy ride and i think that the the hope was that because this is new mutants because it's kind of under it it's because and because they were it was looking more like a horror film that there was some there was a lot of hope that, okay, this is going to be different and it's going to avoid the, the mess that became the X-Men universe mm. through, you know, X-Men apocalypse. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what I keep saying. This movie is way better than X-Men apocalypse and probably even dark Phoenix. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And it's a shame in that people probably will not go see it because it's not an X-Men movie because it's not, it's not hitting the right nerves. It's not hitting the right bandwidth. So, um, well, you know, I saw, I saw a reviewer over on IGN uh, who said that one of the reasons that, that, that it sat on the shelf for two years is that the studios themselves might not have been able to figure out a way to market this movie um, because it does, it's not a traditional superhero movie, mm-hmm. right? It has the, uh, um, the horror element. Although I got, I got to say uh, we went to go see a movie in the middle of a pandemic in a theater. Uh, you got to be a little scarier than that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, that's been a that's been a really I think that's one of the one of the challenges. They're not it's not a super well-known team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it, it had a it had a pretty good run on the uh, the the graphic novel uh comic book side of things, right? Yeah, and and that's kind of like the for the folks like myself who were big into the new mutants. Um this was a like important event because like, especially this particular, this particular um, film took off. It it started as a, uh, a series that started on new mutants uh, number 18, where they had, it was Chris Claremont was still the writer. He was writing most of the, the new, he was writing the new mutants books, but they got a new artist who was Bill Sienkiewicz who prior to new mutants 18, it was kind of your your very typical comic book Marvel house style of the time, right? Um, and then all, it's like I remember. I didn't even. I haven't even read it. I've never read it. And I, you can say it was that Marvel style of the time, and I'm like, I know exactly what it looks like. Exactly, so. you know exactly what it looks like. And but then, like I remember, like as a kid, this came out in 1984. I looked this up last last night. Um, the uh, New Mutants number eighteen, and I remember picking it up at the 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 little you know carousel rack, and spinner rack, Woo-hoo! exactly. And you know what? It's it's fitting in with all the you know the X Men. Everything else was like Marvel style, DC style, and then you see 
this, you know, the artwork for New Mutants 18, and it's dark and it's foreboding and it's a little bit, everything's a little bit off. It's like uh, Sienkiewicz's art is, is very much kind of like everything's a little bit off and dark and stylized. And it has that kind of foreboding element to it that really lends it, lended itself to um, this particular story. And so it, you know, that was, it, it grabbed me, you know, from then on. And I was more, you know, as, as much as I'm a, as I like um, X-Men and that's been kind of my go-to thing for a long time, you know, the new mutants was really what got me into reading comics um, regularly. Mm. Like I had picked up like X-Men here and there and, oh, there's Captain America. Oh, that looks interesting or something like that. Right. Um, but then I was like really bought in by, you know, by the story and, and the artwork and, uh, and this group of kids that, yeah. And that's the thing that really kind of took, took me too. And I think people who, again, were really into the new mutants, you know, were kids our age who, you know, you're usually, you're reading superhero books, even the X-Men at that time were even though I think they're supposed to be like maybe 18, 19 years old in the comics, they look like they're like the generic 30 or 40 years old, you know, (laughs) and new mutants, they were kids. I mean, these were 13, 14, 15 year old kids who were still trying to figure out, you know, they didn't have control of their powers. They, they were still like, um, not accept they weren't accepted by the x-men they weren't accepted by society um they were kind of in that i think it, it resonated with someone who's in junior high and like not cool enough to sit with the high schoolers yet but not hanging out with the elementary school kids either you know you're in that in-between phase of trying to figure out who you are what you're doing in the world weird things are happening to you and um and it's not always pleasant. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah, I, that's why I was looking forward to this a great deal, just to see, especially with this particular story, to see how they told it and what it looked like. Um, and, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I think there was there were there were bits I I didn't like. I felt like some, some missteps and so on. Um, but I did like a lot of the... Uh, some of the steps that it took and maybe we'll, we can stop now because, you know, if we're yeah. probably talking some spoilers and stuff, so you can hit pause or go watch it or whatever you need to do, or just soldier on. Um, because I mean, at least to me, if, if you're a, if you're an X, X book fan, new mutants fan, you will probably know, you know, all this stuff anyway. So um, it's not a surprise. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk some of the details. I said that in some ways it was helpful that I didn't know anything about the stuff because they do deviate from the um, typical storyline, right? Yes. All right. So, and let me just let me just run down. Um, well, no, just let, no, I'm sorry. I'll stay with where we were. Um, <laughs> so, so in one in one regard, I wasn't wed to a particular interpretation of characters, um, whatnot. I did have a problem though, where this, where this was not helpful. It wasn't always clear, right? These are, these are, uh, young mutants who are discovering and learning to control their powers, um, <clears throat> in a facility, uh, under the, uh, the direction of, uh, uh, Dr. Reyes. And, um, it's not clear Sometimes it was not clear for me sometimes what their powers actually were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I had, I, I had told you that I had looked stuff up uh, like on Wikipedia or whatnot, just to get a sense for like, what is going on, you know, just to give me a little bit of orientation. And so it was a little harder uh, to uh, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but insofar as a storyline went, I, I was cool with it. And I think that it, in thinking back about it, I think 
that not no not being so clear about what their powers were if you weren't familiar with the characters maybe help fit the story a little bit because these were characters who they didn't know what their powers were for the most part they were still trying to figure out their limits and their extent and what exactly they did right that that is true that is true maybe that mm-hmm. maybe that was intentional um, but, but some of them are a bit, you know, were a bit vague or, you know, not really explained all that well. But I'm not entirely sure that the story really needed it. Um, you knew that they were mutants. They knew you knew that they had powers. Um, you saw them come out. And I don't I don't think they were inconsistent with those powers across the, the scope of the movie. No. Um, so um, in all, the fact that, you know. I didn't know exactly what uh, um, Sunspot was doing. Mm-hmm. That's well, cool. Yeah. And I, it, you and I were talking on, on the way back. It was like they didn't quite get his power like how they – like right. in, in the comic. In, in the, the comic, it's more that he absorbs the power of the, of the sun and can turn that energy – basically into strength and he can become sort of the, he's not invulnerable, but he is, you know, super strong, sort of whole level strong. Yeah. Um, whereas in the movie, he could, he could become very strong, but also there was something to do with, you know, it was more having to do with heat. Yeah. And he could generate heat. And I didn't re- recall that as being as important as it was in the comics, but that could just be, you know, the way it was. And it, it kind of added a, a little bit of different flair to, um, to his character. Right. Agreed. Um, we also had, you've already mentioned it, the, the, uh, <laughs> the 13, 14 year old characters. Okay. Teenagers. Okay. No, really 30 year old. No. Um, because in this movie it was, um, uh, the cast certainly does not look even late teens. I think no. they look more twenties. Yeah. Um, and because uh, Maisie Williams is in it, so mm-hmm. even in 2018, she, she was not. I mean, she's younger looking, but they they tried really hard to make her look young. Yeah, um, because she's supposed to be the youngest of of the group, if I remember correctly. Is, uh, is that right? And, and so they tried really hard to make her young. Yeah. Um, Maisie Williams plays Rain Sinclair or yes. Wolfsbane. Yes. Um, for folks who uh, don't don't know that. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, Sunspot, who was, uh, you know, uh, Bobby DaCosta. Um, played looks, by Henry Zaga? Yes. Looks oh. like he's a college student. <laughs> he least. really does. Absolutely. And and I and I feel like we need to uh, own the fact that, uh, or, or at least mention the fact that uh, um, Josh Boone, when he writes it uh, with Nate Lee uh, and then directs, he doesn't. They don't get uh, right because uh, Roberto da Costa is supposed to be. Uh, he's Brazilian and he's supposed to yes. be dark skinned He's dark skinned in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh Boone's like, I don't care. Um, my understanding is that actually is a big part of his um, storyline. That's yeah. something that he wrestles with. It is a big part of the storyline. And then two, Cecilia, uh, Cecilia Reyes is – Reyes or Reyes, I've heard it both ways um, – is uh, African-American. I think she's Puerto Rican. Mm. But she's, she's very dark in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. But they did a complete – switch there too and i'm not sure why i don't think that was one of those things that added to the story why they needed to do that unless unless well and unless it was because they really made her a villain which was not which maybe they didn't want to make an african-american woman a villain i don't yeah. know well i i mean it just there are I'm just going to acknowledge the fact that there are um, criticisms of whitewashing, and uh, I think that's important to to lift up. And that's Josh Boone's response has not engendered a lot of uh, support from my end. Like, okay, I get why. No, I I think he just screwed that up. And Mm -hmm. uh, 
his uh, uh, hard-heartedness around it is is uh, seems a little off. So, and I was I was thinking last night about what the what it could have been like if he chose um, actors who were no name characters, you know, that you didn't have any kind of visible recognition. Like, Oh, who was it that played Sam Guthrie was from Stranger Heaton, Things. From yes. Stranger Things. Yeah. So played Jonathan Byers. If, exactly. If Stranger Things, it's Jonathan Byers. Yes. Yeah. But you know, he and you know, Maisie Williams, like, you know, stick out because they've been in so many different things. And what could it have been like if you chose, new actors and actresses who were like up and coming and who were also much younger. Right. You know, who fit more, maybe a little bit older than um, maybe the characters were meant to be, but would have fit that. It would have been easier to, to see them in as, as kids. Yeah. Well, and I think there might've been something because it was supposed to be a horror uh, influenced movie that it might instead they didn't want to put kids in it. Have you that seen Jurassic have, Park? Was, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Look, I'm not. I it's a it's pure speculation on my part. I don't know. See, children in constant danger. Part one, part two, part three. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I and I think too. I you know in terms of like maybe maybe why they didn't choose choose younger act actors and actresses was the relationship element that they really brought in here. That's right. Yeah. Between, um, Wolf Spain and, uh, Danny Moonstar. Yeah. Um, and that was something we kind of talked about because they made this a, a very romantic relationship and a blatantly romantic relationship. Um, and, and I thought it was great. I thought they, I thought that was really well done. They did it. They actually did. They did it very well. And it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like something that was like, oh, we have to do this here. And I think it, because in in the comics, they they did have that kind of there there. It wasn't a romantic relationship, but it was very much like these were best friends who knew each other inside and out that had a psychic bond between one another. Hmm. So there was that level of closeness and intimacy that they had, you know, built in the comics. Yeah. And this, I think what made, you know, made that completely understandable and like, Oh, okay. That's, that was, that's not the, the, you know, that was not something I could say like took away or like they were like, it was like in addition to make it, you know, politically correct or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, uh, in the eighties, they weren't going to put that in a comic book. No, um, f- that was just for whatever you know, for good or for bad. That's not it's not that well, not what they were going to do. Yeah. Um. And so, but here they have um, it's a different time, and they can they can actually verify what everybody sort of thought might have been the case. Mm-hmm. So that was great, and I will say this too: the really. One of the things, uh, as I as I've been thinking about the movie, it's a it's a superhero sort of team where there are three women, and frankly, very strong willed women, mm-hmm. uh, very capable, very very tough, um, who are basically they're the center of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, uh, Roberto and uh, Sam aren't really the the focus; they're supporting characters for the three, right? Um, because it's that triad as as much as there is a romantic relationship between uh, Rain and Danny, there is an antagonistic relationship between Ileana and Danny. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's a, that was another thing that I thought was a really interesting, um, thing that they were the, they were the center of the story. Mm-hmm. Danny being the, the, the main one, you know, I think everything is sort of told cause it starts with her perspective and then you, you discover all of this basically through her, her own, her self-discovery and, and her sort of coming into this 
institutions uh, setting. And and in the in in the comic, Danny and uh, Cannonball were sort of you know co leaders. There there wasn't a, uh, a there wasn't a strong hi- hierarchy. Um, it was they they led because they were kind of the 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 strongest leaders and they um had good chemistry together and yeah. uh and i think you know they were i think they're the oldest of the group and, and it, it is interesting you know when you when you just brought that up because i hadn't really considered it you know the original the the new mutants are were intended to be the new class of of, of uh, professor xavier's when the x when the x-men you know they they come on originally x-men number one um there's the you know the five of them uh, and it's uh angel and beast and cyclops and iceman and uh jean gray marvel girl and when they sort of graduate, they actually move on to work for the government in a, a group called X Factor. And so Xavier takes on a new group of students. And it's these uh, five. Actually, I think by this time, it, by this time, it's six, actually. And there, there was one character that wasn't in the film that's, that isn't this particular comic, but it doesn't really add or subtract too much from it. Um, but you know, the original five X-Men were five guys and a girl, right? The new mutants are three girls and two guys and the girls take the much stronger, um, presence. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and Cannibal, even though he's, he's like one of the leaders, he's a very like soft spoken, he is not the kind of charge ahead, you know, guns a blazing guy. He's he's a he's a, a Kentucky kid who does what he's told and tries to do the right thing. And yes, sir, no, sir, and that's what you know, and that's that's his his uh, personality. Yeah, which is he plays that in the movie as well. That that part of this character stays in the movie. Yeah. He was he was very um, reserved. He plays it very. Um, he's almost content to stay in the institution for the rest of his life. Yeah, like uh, given his the, his backstory. But but then you go and you watch him working on trying to control his powers, right? Mm-hmm. And it is it is the guns a blazing sort of um, full speed ahead. Uh, thing he has to, you know, he he he's able to quite literally, himself. yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, he you never see him where he doesn't have you know a black eye, a broken arm, or, yeah. You know, um, so uh, it's it's an that's an that was an interesting uh, juxtaposition that he he plays it very reserved, although his powers are just so crazy out of control, yeah. I was I was thinking that it would have been interesting to to see the characters develop as a team more in terms of how when when they fought the 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 demon bear. Yeah. Um because I think that would have been a good place, you know, an obvious place to see these characters kind of come together. You know, they've been separate, they've been suspicious of each other, they've been outwardly hostile to each other. Um, on many occasions, but then faced with this threat, um, they, you know, how, how can they get together and actually become a team? Right. And, and it's interesting in that they're, you know, in, in the movie, they're, they're a team led by themselves. You know, they're not a team led by Xavier or by some other adult leader. It's, it's them. And how do they, you know, solve this massive problem that they have of the demon bear. For lack of right. Word. And, and right. yeah. Well, it's supposed, it was supposed to be originally planned as a trilogy. Was it? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Um, it was pitched as a trilogy. So I think you might have seen that mm-hmm. if uh if it continued, but the um the movie rights reverting back to Marvel and that evidently end that possibility. Okay. Well, plus the fact that a movie sits on the shelf for two years and then it comes out in the middle of a pandemic and it's not gonna it's not gonna bring in the box office numbers that, that I think that they're gonna want to see people. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not, they're not going to bring the box office numbers that they're going to want to do a sequel. So I think that it'll hit better on uh, on streaming whenever it finally does hit streaming because I think there'll be a whole lot of people that are like, "Oh, I can watch this now," because yeah. you know they're they're afraid to go to the theater or they just don't never knew that it happened. Yeah. And I think the expectation was that this was going to be horrible. And it wasn't. No. It was not bad. Um, there I mean, were def- it's no X-Men Apocalypse. It's no X-Men so. Apocalypse. Um, it's no X-Men First Class either. But at the same time, it, it's like my, my biggest gripes were with some of the visual effects mm-hmm. and some of the dialogue. I thought that's it was, fair. yeah. But I mean... That's nothing, you know, that's nothing that can't be overcome with, you know, some. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, what movie, there's lots of movies that have done a whole lot better that have horrible dialogue in them. Um, <clears throat> Phantom Menace looking at you. No, um, no. <laughs> sorry. Are um, you an angel? Right. I hate that movie so much. I don't hate it as much as I, I, I told you I've watched it recently and it's not so bad, but <laughs> I found some, rede- I found it found some redemption in my eyes. I don't know why, but it, okay. I've watched it a few times. I just can't. Okay. But we're off track. Yes. Um, spirituality plays a big part in this. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I, um, I, and I feel like that is, those were themes that came out of the, uh, out of the comic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Rain Sinclair, Wolf Spain, is a devout Catholic, right? Um, right, which is a problem uh, because she is a technically a werewolf. Yes, <laughs> i i was i w- I will say this: I was really surprised. This is one of those moments where I'm like, uh, her uh, her storyline, her backstory is that she was basically, uh, uh, she, I assume essentially the way it worked. She confessed to her, to her priest, uh, that, uh, she was a werewolf. And then he, uh, beats her and brands her. We don't see any of that part of the story. That's the backstory. But, you know, I think there are some who, if they had gotten, uh, thrashed with an inch of their life by their priest would probably go, yeah, I'm done. Um, but she remains, mm-hmm. um, Devoutly Catholic, which was just fascinating. And then you throw on the, the fact that then she and and Danny be, become uh, a couple, even more so. So mm-hmm. uh, that was um, that was really interesting. Um, and everything is framed within uh, Danny Moonstar's uh, story because it starts with a Native American legend because she's Native American. Um, was it Cheyenne? Am I thinking? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So. So there's that. And then there's Ileana, who, uh, as she's showing Danny around, is like, the chapel's over there, if you believe in any of that. Let's just say crap, because yeah. I can't remember exactly what she said. But Horse hockey. Sure. Um, <laughs> and the sort of the, the big final battle happens in the chapel. Yeah. So it centers around that. Um, and I think that's a really... With, with <laughs> something called the demon bear. So... You know, it sets up a, a at least an atmosphere where there's some real spirituality, and it's it's all the women again, because the boys aren't doing. I mean, <laughs> we don't really hear yeah. anything from the boys. Yeah, yeah. It's like Sam at this point is too broken to lead, and Roberto is too self centered to lead. Yes. And so, yeah, therefore it's the, the, the girls. And even then, I mean, rain is very much still 
um, a child and, and, and fearful, but she, you know, was able to overcome that fear, even, you know, attacking the bear. Um, Danny is able to, I think, I think it's, it was interesting how they played that, um, her kind of wanting so much to fall back into herself and retreat from all of the bad, all of the badness. And then, you know, the spirit of her father coming back and kind of bringing her back out of it, um, reminding her of her strength and Ileana, who is probably one of the, you know, at least visually one of the most powerful characters in, in the, in the group in terms of her ability well, she can, she can teleport, but she also has this, uh, it's called the soul sword. That is part of her own like spirit. Um, that is like a magical sword. Um, she has this sort of odd armor that appears on her arms. Um, but then, and it didn't go into too much all the, but you could definitely see it is that she can, well, she entered, she can enter into this plane called limbo. Um, which they didn't go into too much, um, in the movie, um, but you could definitely see it's, it's a, it's a hellscape. Right. Um, you do get a glimpse of it here or there. Right. And, you know, her explanation is that, you know, this was a place that she made, um, through her, when, when she was younger, uh, it was like her happy place and it eventually became real. Um, whereas in, in the comics, it is quite literally limbo. Um, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, realms of hell and she's, she is captured there when she's, she's, ca- uh, captured by a demon brought there when she's young. Um, she becomes a, a, a sorceress and eventually defeats the the demon to gain her her freedom after you know 10 years or something like that probably not 10 years probably like seven or eight years i don't know it's if it's it's in the wiki somewhere but in the comics it's like all of this happens in a second you know she teleports away and then she teleports back and she's older and she's a sorceress and she can do all this crazy stuff um so yeah, it's int- it is kind of interesting when she's when Ileana's like, oh well, if you believe all that stuff, it's like if anybody has any course to believe any of that stuff, it's her. Yeah, because she's I will say, been there. So I will also say that the when it comes to the the horror side of things, her her side of the story and backstory provides some of the scariest stuff. That yeah, I really felt like the Smiling Man was he was pretty freaky and. Definitely caused for some um, willies, like mm-hmm. like whoa, that was definitely the definitely the the part, big part of that horror. Yeah, and when you start thinking about of you know who those the who the smiling men re- represented, um, and it wasn't you know particularly particularly clear, but you could get the idea considering her age and the circumstances that they would come around in like this was, you know, that she was probably, you know, that she was abused and probably sexually abused. And this was how she coped. Yeah, it was, it was, uh... yeah, it's hinted at, it's never fully explained, but yeah. And that, you know, that definitely adds to the kind of the icky ickiness of it. Mm hmm. I'll also add, and I've said, I, we were talking about this last night. I noticed in the credits that the music for the movie is done by Mark Snow. Everybody probably knows him from the X Files theme. Um, doo, 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 doo. It was the music was really it was a good fit in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was it had a, it could often lead uh, lend a spooky edge to it. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely had had some good some good um, spooky moments in it, and. Uh... It it definitely had some of the the, the horror elements in it, and uh, and and a little bit of Breakfast Club, a little bit of Breakfast Club, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I felt like there's a scene uh, they're all up in the in in sort of a, a secret room that up in the attic, felt, yeah, 
up in the attic. And it was just, it was. Uh, that was right out of the breakfast club. <laughs> right out of the breakfast club, man. But yeah, I mean, again, is it perfect? No. But it's not the worst X-Men movie out there. No. So uh, it was good. And in fact, I would say it's not even that. It's not the worst. Uh, I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I think, the, and it, it's, I'm not optimistic, but I think there's, you know, room to grow on it. It would be great to see these characters, you know, more fully de- develop and maybe brought into, um, I think the the initial idea was that these were going to be brought into the X universe, you know, for right. you know, proper. Who knows if that's going to happen, but um, I I've even noticed that, you know, like whenever it wasn't presented so much as a Marvel movie, it was a marvel how how did they in association it? with in association with my it's like yeah that we're kind of a yeah that's we're not talking about that right now right we're not on good terms but yeah i think it i think it was i think it was good i would i would see it again um yeah i think there's part of me that when it hits the streaming I'll, i will definitely watch it because i think there's more in it uh i think it definitely warrants a second view Mm-hmm. I'm not going back to the theater to watch it, but um, yeah, it was pretty good. I think so. my, my biggest disappointment itself was the bear. Right. Because you, posted, you even posted that that's. Yeah. I'm like, because the, the bear then the, in the film was very much just like a very, very large bear that was sort of smoky and had red eyes. And the bear in the comics is just a monster. And, you know, even the form of it is not necessarily distinct all the time, but you can, but it's, it's claws and it's jaws and it's eyes are like always present. And it's just very, you know, when I think they, they tried really hard to make the bear a bear in the, in the film, you know, that it was, you know, there's a point where Danny comes up and, you know, like is, you know, patting it on its, on its nose and you could see the fur and so on. I'm like, the bear in the comic did not have fur. It was like something else. <laughs> just the way it was drawn was just like sharp and edgy and dangerous. It was more like essence of bear than bear. I think it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Essence of bear. Essence of bear. But I think, yeah, I think that's in that all in all, that's okay. I think for what they, for the tack that they were taking it, I think it was, you know, it, it fit. Well, so one of the things I think we never understand, right? Because this bear belongs to Danny. Uh, and we don't see it. All we know is when the movie opens up, she is being uh, woken up by her father and told to run and hide. And uh, her whole reservation is being wiped out. And we, we later come to learn it's the bear. Right. Mm-hmm. So she has to learn to control this thing that belongs to her that has wiped out all of her people. Right. Her mm-hmm. family, her friends, her neighbors, gone. She's the only one who survives. Within this movie, that there is, she's trying to, she's trying to control it. Or is it even worth controlling? Yeah. Because there's a side, she wants to go join her father sort of in the spirit realm. And yeah. this would be a way to, you know, what would that do and how would that look like? So it's a, it's, it is a complicated, um, there's a lot there to try and, and weave together in, in a, in a two hour movie. Yeah. I I think in the film, it was very much like the, the bear was an aspect of herself that she needed to control. The bear was her fears. And that's even, you know, that's pretty explicitly spelled out is, you know, right. They literally say that. Yeah. Yeah. They literally say that, but you know, that the bear is her and her fears, um, whereas in, in the comic, the bear is, um, if I remember right, it's her parents, um, that have been transformed into this thing. Hmm. Um, so it's like her side of kind of battling her history and her, an- and her ancestry kind yeah. of, and, you know, kind of, and, and all that that entails. At any rate, it is a, uh, it's a good movie. Liked it. Uh, there's a lot there. A lot of good stuff for 
reflection and and uh, and thought about identity, um, about uh, faith, spirituality. There's a lot of good, um, some good action too. Yeah, some of the scenes were good. So yeah, it's 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 not bad. It's got some. It's got some definitely some good uh, some good parts to it. Yep. But I think that's where we'll wrap it up then. Yeah. I think All it worked right. out well. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, so then, Sam, what are you geeking out about? Um, I am geeking out about, um, well, from Theocon this year, um, I sat in on the uh, the discussion of, of Star Trek. What was the title of the Star Trek discussion? I'm trying to remember. Um, about canon. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. trying to remember the exact title, but it was going. It was you know talking about Star Trek and and uh, canon and so on and um, something about faith and fear. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I was on the fence with watching Discovery for a long time. I was like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I'll just wait till you know maybe it'll come out on Netflix or something. And then after that, I'm like, nope, I'm jumping. Mm. So I'm been uh, ripping through Star Trek Discovery season one, and uh, that's been that's been a ride. <laughs> that, that is a ride. <laughs> it is a ride. There's some definitely extremely cool stuff to it, and then there's a lot. I'm just kind of go, what? What? Yeah. It's what, once I gave up trying to figure out the spore drive, I was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, the the ship is just so cool. Yep. I just I could look at that ship for <laughs> it's it's such a cool design. And it is very cool. It is very second cool. season. The second season takes a turn for the better. I think. I love the second season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 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 it's all good. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, I'm either on on PTSD and yeah. Um, on relationships, and I love Tilly. Um, she's a great <laughs> yeah. character, and uh, yeah, I so she's great because she's you know usually all of the Starfleet characters have everything together, like yes. you know, and she she most certainly does not, and it's, it's okay because she's brilliant and she's a she's she has a lot of great gifts, and and that's I'm not saying she's. She's a buffoon. She's not, but she doesn't have it all figured out, and that's okay. It's it's interesting. Like usually in Star Trek, you know, if like each character, each person on the crew has their specific specialty in the thing right. that they're kind of known for. Her her specialty is being nice, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and apart from being brilliant, she, you know, she is, she is nice and she is good and she is kind. And she does this. She is sometimes the person that steps up to do the nice and good and kind thing when other people don't do that. You know, the whole, when Ash, I I just finished last night when Ash um, comes back to the crew after sort of weird Klingon procedure and, uh, and everybody, you know, stops talking and, you know, looks askance at, at him and he sits down and Tilly's the one that goes over and sits down with him. Yeah. And so that was and, a great, as a good move, as a good yeah. moment. And you, I, uh, I spent the other night, um, putting together, uh, I reworked my sound system in, uh, in our living room. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, Back in uh, back in grad school, back in the day, mm-hmm. um, someone was uh, selling this old. Uh, I picked up basically a, a the equivalent of Craigslist before Craigslist was around. Um, a receiver for some speakers that I had gotten. I got this nice set of Bose uh, bookshelf uh, speakers. Oh, nice! Like, yeah, are they like the two hundred ones, three hundred ones? It's been a while since I looked at the model number. I don't remember. Oh, okay. But, but like the small bookshelf speak. They're not the cubes. Yeah. They're not cubes. No, no, okay. no, no. And these are these are goodness. I mean, almost 30 years old probably. Mm. No. No. Uh 20 let's say 25 years old. 
but the at the time this realistic I, I picked I picked up thirty bucks. I, someone was selling a receiver, and really it, he he sold some speakers with it too, but um, they were little tiny things. They were they were fairly nice, but I didn't I didn't care about those. I wanted the receiver. He was selling the speakers, and he threw the receiver in just so someone could have something to play something on, right? Mm-hmm. But this this realistic receiver, it's one of those old realistics that actually is pretty nice. It it does it does some pretty good pretty good work. Mm. But um you know, it's <laughs> it's 40 years old, man. <laughs> At least I just I, I don't know. I wanted something that I could run HDMI into and run into my into those both speakers and uh-huh. get that to, so I I picked up um recently a, a new uh picked up a Yamaha uh, receiver uh-huh. which is is pretty sweet so i spent the other day uh spent a few hours like untangling the rat's nest that the that the kids had created between plugging and now oh, plug it in i'll unplug it now i'm gonna plug this in and i'm gonna oh play, yeah you know so well i did i just but then Someone would get confused with the switcher and then they would yank cables out of that. And, put, <laughs> and I'm just like, could you stop yanking cables? Out? Right. And so I took cable. I, I took a bunch of zip ties and started running cables and started just zipping them together mm-hmm. and running them into the TV. Cable management. You know, right. And I got rid of the, the rat's nest. I Things run a lot cleaner. So I was, I was, uh, revisiting my uh my sound days and uh running cables and and all that sort of stuff you know so that was my big that was my big geek out this week was the uh reworking that and then i first song that popped on stairway to heaven yeah i was like oh that's a nice test song mm-hmm. you know little it's got a range gentle to it. star yeah you get 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 sort of the cranking in the middle peter's off again and i was and i i just my uh, my oldest son was sitting at the computer next to him, and I was turning around. But he stops. He's playing some game. He looks at me. He's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Dude, I haven't heard these speakers in a while." So, because they haven't been hooked up for a bit. And mm-hmm. Anyway, it was all good. It was it was great. Super fun. I had a pair of Bose speakers. I wish I still had them. They were they're such nice. They're probably like one of the like. I had a well, and I still have the the receiver that I that I had um, had it hooked up to. It was a, it was a Sony, and this will kind of let you know how old this receiver is for the little buttons for the different inputs. Mm. One of them is Laserdisc. Nice, nice, very nice. Yeah, it's like phono CD aux tape Laserdisc. Laserdisc. Because I'm going to yeah. need that for a long time, you know. Laser discs were great, <laughs> but really, completely, they're untenable. <laughs> they had beautiful stuff, but mm. thanks, Sam. Thanks for uh, talking me into going to the movies. Oh, that thanks was for a, going with uh, me. I beats going going by myself. Yeah, that was all good. Uh, good movie, and uh, folks, uh, we did have Theocon here. Um, I and I talk about this a lot, but I think it's, I think it's something that's really cool. Um, all of our stuff, we will be, uh, giving, doing a special release of our panel that we did for Theocon Thursday, the couple days before the actual Theocon, uh, here, uh, in a week or so, uh, in an off week. So not, you know, probably, probably next week or so before our next uh, episode. Uh, and then, uh, you can also, if you want to go to Theocon, uh, YouTube channel, uh, all of the panels and everything are, are up there. And Sam alluded to the Star Trek one. There's one on Wes Anderson. There's one on Steven Universe. A um, bunch of us podcasters talked about some stuff. We talked about uh, death, uh, dying, and and superheroes, uh, particularly with uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, and so Black Panther covered a lot of that place. So a lot of really good conversation, um, very diverse sort of topics. Um, so loved it. Um, and you definitely want to be able to check that out, but so, yeah. Um, we also, uh, have, uh, talked about the fact that, um, we have a coffee, 
ko-fi.com, ko uh, where you can, if you want uh, to help support us, uh, go there and uh, buy us a coffee, as they say. Uh-huh. Um, chip in. Uh, we do have some stuff for folks who uh, want to uh, help. We have some uh, vinyl uh, stickers of our logo that you can see on Twitter. Um, you know, our, you know, our logo on Twitter. That's what I mean. Um, and, uh, if, uh, if you give at least a dollar, you get a, you get a, um, vinyl sticker. And if, uh, you get $5 or more, we have, uh, uh, some, uh, acrylic pins of our logo as well. And, um, so that's where we're starting. We've got some other stuff in the works, but, uh, if, uh, you find this is a value, please, uh, think about, uh, Pitching a couple of bucks in. That would be great. Um, you can uh, connect with us on Twitter, at Geek Church. Uh, also at um, uh, Facebook at uh, Church of the Geek. Uh, or our, um, our episodes are posted at uh, geekchurch.blogspot.com, where there's uh, occasionally some other stuff there, but not that often. Um, but definitely pay attention because in the next couple of weeks, uh, our, uh, we are on, are coming up on episode 75. That one's going to be a special one. Um, but we are also going to have, um, episode 74 is going to be an ask me anything. Uh, feel free to, uh, chime in there. Uh, we're going to be putting up, uh, some, uh, threads there for folks to, uh, submit questions that Sam and I can answer. And, uh, and go from there. I think so, that'll be fun. It's it a, could be, be fun. Momentous occasion. Mm, could be. If we have questions. We got, yeah, we need questions. So, so and hopefully not annoying ones. They can be well, about um, geeky things or theology life things. Stuff, life theology stuff. things. Yep. So anyway, keep an eye out for that. Uh, we definitely want to um, hear from you folks for that. So um, anything else, Sam? No, I greatly uh, enjoyed this enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, I think uh, hopefully we could do it again. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, in, in time of non-crisis. It, absolutely. Yes. All right, Uh, everyone, uh, take care of yourselves. Remember, uh, trust in God, wash your hands and wear a mask. Uh, And that being said, geek be with you. And also with you. you.